And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have FTB Philly Scout Team shortstop, third baseman, 2025 Florida State baseball commit, RJ Machado, on the JKR Podcast. RJ, pumped to get you here on the show. I know there's been lots of conversation going on between us the past couple of weeks, I think a couple of months ago there as well, to get you here on the show. You know, pumped to finally hear, you know, get you here on the show. How are you doing here tonight? Nah, doing awesome, doing awesome. It's been a great day, and just thank you for having me. Thankful to be a part of the the podcast. Of course, man. You know, appreciate you wanting to come on the show. Appreciate you, you know, coming on here tonight. But uh, before we do dig into your baseball career, everything you got going on, whether that's playing for the Philly Scout team, whether that's your high school experience down there in Florida, you know, being committed to Florida State there as well. I got one question I'd like to ask everybody to get the podcast started. That is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is RJ Machado? Um, to me, I'm just um, um, just someone that it's really easy to get along with. Um, I'm I'm a person that anyone can always talk to. Um, a good teammate, good person, and a family guy. Um, uh, me and my family have been through a lot since I was young, and um, sort of. Yeah, just um, a family guy, always there for my family and always um, doing stuff to help people out. 
So uh, first baseball segment I really want to dig into is more of that travel baseball scene, you know, looking through, I think for the most part, you're playing for the FTB Philly scout team. I think I saw a couple other teams mixed in there as well, but just got, you know, kind of give us the rundown, you know, what's that travel baseball experience been like so far for you? No, it's been awesome. I'm getting to travel around and see different complex uh, complexes, um, being around a lot of, a lot of baseball people during, throughout, throughout the summer. It's like, nothing but a blessing um um uh yeah the team was amazing last, last summer full of talent lots of d1 d1 commits a lot a lot of dudes out there and it was a great experience great real real great experience okay so playing for that philly scout team there for i mean i know it was at least all of last summer from looking through it i'm not sure when, yeah. you, when you kind of joined that team kind of take us through you know what are some of those relationships you've been able to build with the coaching staff there for the Phillies, but also some of those teammates as well. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I actually joined there around when I was, it was 14 years summer. And most of the guys that were there when I joined are still there. Um, you know, uh, coach Steven Klein, he's like my right hand man. I can tell him anything and anything that anything I, I can talk to him about. He's always there for me. He's always there for his players and great guy to play for. Real great guy to play for. <laughs> And when it comes to the coaches, obviously, I got me. I think only interviewed a couple guys there on that FTB Philly scout mm -hmm. team. I do see a lot when it comes to, you know, everyone talks about FTB Nelly. Everyone yeah. talks about Dominic Brown also. Yeah. I believe he's kind of started coaching there for that Philly scout team. Um, have you had the chance to run into them at all when it comes to the coaching side of things? Uh, not, 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 not so much uh, Dominic Brown, but FTB Nelly for sure. He's all, he's sometimes there and real cool dude knows a lot about baseball. He's seen a lot of baseball and just um just to learn from him and and pick stuff from his brain is awesome. It's awesome. It's an awesome opportunity to have. Yeah, for sure. And again, like you know, I whenever I think about the Philly Scout team, you know, I'm thinking about <laughs> seeing yet. him posting him posting all his yeah. stuff, the type of social media following that he's got and all that, you know, all that different stuff going on. And then again, you know, this past summer I started seeing Don Brown, you know, starting to post some stuff about Not the TV team. But um, it's kind of take us through, you know, looking back on this past summer, kind of take us through, you know, what was this past summer looking like? Some of the tournaments you guys were hitting, uh, maybe some memories that come to mind as well. Kind of take us through that 2023 summer. Um, yeah, so we put in all the big events. We played the Atlanta tournament. We played, um, we played some Jupiter tournaments and, um, uh, Alabama, all that stuff. Um, great, great competition. Um, my biggest memory from last summer was a crazy playoff game. We had it. I, I believe it was against Team Elite. Crazy game. It was a quarterfinal game, if I believe, if if I'm not, if I'm not wrong. But um, no, just every day in the summer it was a battle going out with my boys out there, and um, can I ask for a better group of guys to do it with? Okay. Real cool dudes. For sure. And uh, you know, looking at that Philly scout team, I'm sure, I guess I haven't seen the roster, but I'm sure the majority of that team is going to be, be committed to Division One schools. And again, yeah. talk about the coaching staff there with, you know, the coach that you love. And then we talk about Nelly and, you know, again, in a major leaguer, a former major leaguer like Don Brown. You know, lots of success there for that FTB Phillies group. I guess for you being there for a couple of years, seeing how they go about the game to game, how they go about tournament to tournament. What do you think's led to that FTB Philly success? Um, honestly, just um, the people, the people that surround the program, the, the ability that players see of being showcased like that, and when you put on that FTB that that Phillies uniform, it's it's like you're being showcased out there. Every all eyes are on you, and 
And it's sort of like it puts puts pressure on you, but that's what makes you a good ball player, in my opinion. And that's what makes everyone want to play for an, an organization and a group of guys like that. And as you look ahead there to this upcoming summer, again, you got the high school season starting there tomorrow night, but a couple months after high school ball, and you're going ahead, you're playing some travel baseball. 17U summer, last year playing travel baseball. What's that excitement? What are some of those expectations that you have for this 2024 summer? No, honestly, just go out there and and just compete every day. Don't don't take any at bats off, and no, don't take any um, fielding opportunities off. Just every game, every opportunity I get, just get the best of me, and I know I'll be able to capitalize on on certain events. Okay, so looking ahead, you know, looking past play for the FTB Phillies group, I believe you did go down to Jupiter with another sort of scout team. Um, I think it was called PNT. I'm not too sure which one that was, but. Again, kind of take us through how you get connected with them. What was that Jupiter experience like? You know, everyone talks about that golf cart wonderland, scouts, yeah. coaches all over the place. Pretty much everyone getting drafted that next year is going to be down there in Jupiter too. Um, take us through that experience down in Jupiter. No, being just being able to play in Jupiter was a surreal experience. Everywhere like you went, you had you had to be everywhere you would look, there would be dozens of scouts, dozens of golf carts, and um and it was a surreal event. I wish um, – I'm super excited to be there next year. And, um, yeah, there's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. If you get the opportunity to be there, it's sort of – it's definitely the place to be because, um, I, I mean, it gives you the opportunity to be seen. And um, it it teaches you as a ball player, you know, to play – it teaches you how to, like, what is to play in front of a lot of eyes and, you know, have that – have that, you know – Facing a dude, when you're, whenever I remember one of the games, we faced a, a draft guy, potential first or second rounder next year, 100 scouts out there watching, man. And just being able to be a part of that and knowing what it feels like, it's um, huge, huge. It's a huge impact on my career for, the, for my experience. And as you talk about, you know, as you're facing one of those, you know, future draft picks there, you know, this upcoming summer, 100 scouts in the stands, that's going to be pretty common there next year as well when you go down to Jupiter What's that mindset for you when you are playing in games like that, knowing there's a bunch of scouts watching every move of every player on that field? What's that mindset when you're kind of just trying, trying to stay focused on the game of baseball? Honestly, just um, staying within myself and not not trying to do too much, and knowing that all the work that I put in and all the confidence and all the confidence I build up that will that will just play for itself. I don't have to try to do too much or or try to impress anybody because um, if I play the game um, the right way and my way, it will it will impress people and it would hopefully get me to the next level. Okay. So obviously, again, with you being a guy who's in the class of 2025, going to last year's Jupiter event where it is mainly guys in that 2024 class, was there a big jump competition-wise going from facing 2025s to facing a year older there in, 2020, for, in 2024s? I mean, yeah, the, the the biggest difference I would say is the arms. Um, some of the guys I faced in Jupiter, the 24 arms were almost minor league ball arms, you know, mid-90s, hard-breaking hard pitches, and that's probably what stood out to me the biggest. But um, I, I adjusted and I felt really comfortable with them, which was a real big um, confidence booster for me. Okay. So, you know, obviously, as you look back on your travel baseball experience so far, again, Jupiter's got to be one of those favorite memories that come to mind and something that you probably won't be getting for years to come. But looking back on these last couple of years, playing for the Philly scout team, going down to Jupiter, I'm sure maybe some other big, big things mixed in there as well. 
what would be some of those favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind when you think about travel ball? I mean, honestly, um, just traveling with the team and building relationships, um, in building relationships, you know, we had, um, I remember last time we had a couple of kids from the Czech Republic come, a lot of kids from California, Canada, Mexico, you know, just getting to meet all those people and building relationships that you don't know if you're going to need in the future. You know, that's probably what makes me the, the happiest of being part of that group. And that's what probably, um, like, that's probably what I'm going to remember the most. And also, of course, I'm sharing the field with them and, you know, winning championships and winning games. So you talk about playing with guys from Canada, playing with guys from Cali. I'm sure there's some other states mixed in there as well. You said there's a couple other countries beyond just the United yeah. States Canada too. Um, is that a little bit of a culture shock in a way? You know, going, heading on a team, facing guys who are from all over parts of the country. Again, maybe some other countries mixed in there too. Is that a little bit of a culture shock? I mean, yeah, for me at first when I joined the 14U, it, it was kind of a culture shock, especially being down here from Miami where um, the only – I mean, the environment you were around is mostly Hispanic people and not not so much um, not so much focus on how an athlete acts, you know. When you go to these big teams, and there's a lot of people watching you and a lot of people from other different places. It, it sort of um, controls you, you know. It, short, it, it teaches you how to act. Uh, it teaches you how to act differently on the field and off the field. And that was probably what stood out to me the most. So, again, with that Philly scout team, loaded roster. I'm sure there's loaded roster there on that PNT team you went down to Jupiter with as well. When you're on teams like that, you know, everyone like yourself going to that Division One level, very you know, very highly educated baseball players, take us through, you know, how are you guys picking each other's brains? You know, what are some conversations going on between teammates? What are you asking some of your teammates? What does that look like when it comes to picking each other's brains? Uh, mostly for me, I, I try to pick people's brains, some of my teammates' brains on what pitches they saw and how um, how um, what they saw in a certain pitcher or a certain pitch, what they see that at that, you know, being with guys that um, have a, a lot of talent and a lot of a lot of, you know, they're they're above the what a regular um, kid our age is. So just being able to um pick what they saw or it's um you know it gets you ready it gets you ready for possibly your next at bat or your next game you know you never know all right so making that switch from the travel baseball side to more of that high school side i know you had the chance to go play i think you said it was what saint thomas um for your freshman and sophomore year making that switch there to american heritage this upcoming spring kind of take us through you know what's that high school experience been like so far it's been awesome man every playing in front of the big crowds and um representing your school is, I, I feel there's nothing bigger than that. Um, super exciting, you know, here in South Florida, high school games get crazy, they get packed. And, and you know, it's um, sort of here in South Florida, there's like a little model, you know, people have high ex expectations for you. They almost demand perfection and just, um, you know, it's real cool experience to be a part of that. And, um, and um, you know, facing the top dudes out here, you know. And, you know, again, making that switch there from St. Thomas there the past two years to, let's see, sorry, lost it, American Heritage, mm. making to American Heritage this upcoming spring. Again, first high school game this upcoming uh, um, this upcoming Tuesday. Um, kind of takes you through, what were some of those adjustments making that, making that switch from St. Thomas to a new high school this past school year? 
you know, um, just mostly um, taking a role as a captain on the team. You know, we had a they had their the, their leader last year graduate and just kind of transferring in and filling that role and making new relations was sort of what um, sort of I struggled with the most, you know, getting to know people and, you know, like going outside my box. But um, the switch has been honestly great for me. You know, I feel like every day in the air I get better and every day I learn something new, which is the most important thing to me. Okay, so what are some of those expectations that you have for this upcoming spring? Again, with game one tomorrow, lots of lots of new uh, um, things that can be going on. So what are those expectations for this junior season? No, the expectations um, for me is just um, – for myself, it's just give like, – like I said with summer ball, just don't take any pitches off, any games off, just give it all I got. And as a team, you know, we're we're looking for another title going back to going back to back, and we can definitely do it. And, I mean, that's that's the standard as of now. Okay. So you did mention earlier that, you know, living in South Florida, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, rooting for you, cheering you on, but they're also, they're pretty much demanding perfection when it comes to being on the baseball field. Again, you know, I'm looking at, you know, MLB rosters. I'm continuously seeing guys from Miami, from other, you know, parts of South Florida there. Kind of take us through, you know, what what's that competition level look like for you guys on a night in and night out basis? What are some of those pitches that you're facing throughout the spring? Kind of take us through what that competition level is there in South Florida. I mean, you know, South Florida is the heat of high school baseball. And especially when you play for a top school like American Heritage or St. Thomas, you're going to face everyone's guy, everyone's dude. So, I mean, I mean, basically going in there facing low 90s to mid 90s every game and um, people at the plate. Tons of power, tons of speed on 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 the bases and on on the game. It's a fast game. It's a really fast game, and um, it's definitely definitely different than the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. For, sure. For sure. And you talk about you know how great a program there that St. Thomas was, how great a program here that American Heritage is. I guess for you going through two seasons with St. Thomas, going through one full off season with that spring getting started there at American Heritage. Again, same question I asked about this Philly Scout team. What do you think's led to the success? of both of those programs? I mean, honestly, just the, like, like I said, the high standards people have for you over there. They, like I said, that demand perfection, everything has to be done a certain way and sort of like a blue collar, like heritage, I I would say is a blue collar program, you know? Um, And yeah. And there, I feel that since we have that, it leads you to get better every day as a, as a player and as a person. And I mean, if, in my opinion, if if um every day if you don't get better, it's because you chose not to, man. You know, for sure. And uh, I was kind of moving ahead there. You know, looking past your high school experience, looking past this spring, looking th- past next spring, headed to Florida State. There, let's kind of go ahead. Let's dig into kind of how exactly that happened. Take us through that re- recruiting process. You know, when when was it that I got started for you? You know, what just kind of take us through. You know, what that recruiting process was looking like. Well, my recruiting process started around my summer of eighth grade year. Um, that's where I had my first few calls with um, Mike Metcalf at the time. He was the recruiting coordinator over there. And he kept following me up all summer. And um, I got the – and I kept talking to him on a – I would say like on a month basis at the time. And then I was at a West Palm event. It was the it was the fall event at West Palm. It was freshman, freshman world championships. And he came by to see me and – and he said I impressed them. And I was at the time I was with with the Phillies too, with my travel team. And and yeah, 
a week later after that, um, went up for a camp, and he said he loved me, and I was blessed enough to get get a get a scholarship at Florida State. Okay, all right. So, you know, with the recruiting process getting started there so early for you, again, you said it's the summer of your eighth grade year. You're still four years away from stepping foot on a college campus at that point. Take us through, you know, what's going through your mind, talking to your first college coach, realizing, man, like playing D1 baseball, uh, you know, you know that that that's might become realistic here very, very soon. Um, you know, kind of take us through what's going through your mind there as an eighth grader. No, yeah, you know, now that I look at it, it like now feels real. Um, at the time, it seemed so distant and just um, at the time, it just I. I was fortunate enough to, to be able to make that decision because it gave me a goal for the future. It, it gave me get my mind to something to focus on and something to get ready on. And, you know, that's what I strive for every day, just getting ready for whatever it is, either Florida State or be lucky enough to be selected in the draft. That's, you know, it puts a puts a goal in me and that makes me work a lot harder and um, it makes me want to get the best out of myself. For sure. And, you know, as you're looking back on that beginning of that recruiting process, you know, whether that's talking to Florida State, whether that's talking to maybe some other schools that were mixed in there as well, kind of take us through, you know, what were some of those first first phone calls looking like for you? You know, what were some questions maybe you were asking the coaches? What were some questions maybe they were asking you? Kind of take us through what those first phone calls were looking like. Yeah, mostly what I learned early in my recruiting process is that coaches, what really shocked me was that coaches really, if they're calling you, it's like because they know you got the talent, they mostly just want to talk to you and see what the type of person you are, if you fit within their program. And that's kind of what kind of what shocked me. Um, I was expecting obviously to be a little different when I was, when I was so young, but um, that was probably the biggest shock. And, you know, just being able to talk to different schools, it kind of opened my eyes and, you know, so it made me work harder. Just, and from, from the sounds of it, it sounds like Florida state seems like it might've been always like a dream school for you. You know, you going getting the offer really, okay. We really want to go play there. Uh, but I'm sure there's maybe some other schools mixed in there as well. Maybe you have to compare Florida state in there. And, uh, <laughs> maybe compare Florida state to some other schools, kind of see, you know, what, what's going to be that best option for you kind of take us through, you know, what were some of those key things you were looking for when it came to that whole recruiting process and actually choosing Florida state? I mean, um, Florida State was my was and still is my dream school. Obviously, um, been Florida State fans since I was a little kid, and um, loved everything about the school. I had family members that went through there, so that was a huge factor when it came to my recruiting. But what I liked about the coaching it was that, you know, it was good people. They it's a, it's a family, um, you know, and um, um, like you said, I got I got I uh, had some family members that also played under Mike Martin and Mike Martin Jr., who were, you know, that was also a big factor, just such a such a great background from Florida State. And, and yeah, it's um, – but what mostly led me to my decision was um, just the type of people that the program was built around and the, the amount of success that they had. Okay. So, obviously, with you being a guy in that class of 2025, you know, you committed there. I believe it was pretty early on there in 2022. So, before that new rule came into effect – um, you kind of had to kind of deal with that whole thing where, you know, already being committed, had to deal with, you know, not being able to talk to your coaches there for a couple of months. Kind of take us through that. You know, you commit. What's How does that relationship with that coaching staff evolve? That re new regulation comes into effect. What are you looking forward to as that, you know, new new deadline comes up August 1st? Um, kind of take us through that relationship and how uh, that new rule kind of came in and affected that. 
Um, the rule came into effect, honestly, but what what sucked for me is that while the the new rule was set, um, there was a coaching change at Florida State, so that kind of you know got me a little bit worried. I didn't know who who was gonna step into the scene, who was gonna run the program anymore. But and obviously as a sophomore, not being able to talk to not being able to talk to the new guys, it it kind of worried me, and it kind of and it kind of um, you know, um, it's something that as a kid, you want to stay committed to. And I was worried about my commitment still being there, but thankfully after the, the, after when my junior year started, everything went well, phone calls went well. And I was, um, you know, the new coaches heard about me already and, you know, lucky enough to still be part of, part of the recruiting class and can't wait to step on campus. Okay. So with that new coaching staff coming in there during that whole weird time, especially for the 2025, just such a weird time, were you guys not be able to talk to coaches? I guess, you know, what were you looking forward to most there to August 1st to being able to talk to that new coaching staff and actually get maybe some reassurance that Florida State was the spot for you? Kind of take us through that excitement leading up to August 1st. Yeah, I was super excited when they hired Link Jarrett and just um, the opportunity to talk to him. You know, I've been I've been hearing um, at the time I was hearing he was a great guy, great infield coach, especially, um, you know, knew how to win. You know, he beat Tennessee with Notre Dame and took him to the College World Series. And that that was – I was super excited to meet him, super excited to have a talk with him and, you know, pick his brain and, and see the type of guy he was. Yeah, for sure. Definitely definitely a legend around here in my hometown. We uh, we live about 45 yeah. minutes away from uh, South Bend. So uh, yeah. I, I, rem- I remember coming through and seeing, you know, all these people rooting for Notre Dame there, and you know, as they're going down to Omaha. And, you know, I, 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 I do remember that year pretty well. But uh, um, anyway, man, kind of – I guess kind of sticking on that topic of relationships, I kind of want to move it to the future teammate side here, kind of take us through, you know, what are some of those relationships looking like with some of your future Florida state teammates in whether that's your class, maybe the 2024s, maybe some guys there already. What are some of those relationships looking like with your future teammates? No, pretty good. Seeing them in the summer. Sometimes I've, you know, text them or um, have conversations with them. Hey man, how's, how's everything going? How's the high school season going? And, um, Honestly, super excited because um, we uh, I also play most of my future teammates this season, and especially on on Friday, I think it is we play Lincoln, a Tallahassee school, which has a bunch of Florida State commits, and just excited to share the field with them and and you know battle go battle out there with with, with the dogs. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely gonna be any chirping going on this weekend, trying to beat some of those future teammates. No, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Oh, um, anyway, man, kind of digging into my last baseball segment here for you. Like digging into the on the field play. So I do know looking through your PG, looking through your PBR account, you know, you're playing shortstop, you're playing third. When you do get to that next level, where do you kind of see yourself defensively uh, when it comes to a couple of years from now? Oh, well, most of what I've heard from uh, scouts and my coaches are that um, they really like me a lot defensively and they're hoping to stick me at the shortstop spot. But, um, you know, um, over the over the past year, I've developed a really strong a really strong arm. That's what the biggest um, factor has was last summer. You know, just being able to make plays on the hole, and hopefully with um if my arm keeps getting better um keeps getting better, you know, sticking at the shortstop spot, or if not, um make the move over to third. You know. Okay. But uh, I guess moving it from defensive to offensively, kind of take us through your hitting approach. Let's say you're on deck, you're watching that guy in front of you, watching that pitcher warm up. Kind of take us through, you know, what's going through your mind. Walking up to that batter's box, gotta take us through what you're trying to do with each at bat. 
Uh, mostly for me, um, I don't try to work about the mechanic stuff when I, I'm, I'm at the game. Um, mechanic stuff I worry about in practice or in the cage. Uh, mostly what I focus on is mental approach. Um, you know what the guy's throwing, what his tendencies are. Uh, does he like? Does he have a long hold or not? You know, and what to look for in the plate. And honestly, the biggest thing for me is um, I'm a very emotional guy when it comes to there. And my biggest thing when it comes to my approach and my mentality at the plate is to think that I'm better than the guy I'm facing. You know, and just um, treat it like it's a like. Because it is a game, you know, try to don't let the guy beat you and, you know, try to get the best of him, no matter how good he is, no matter how hard he throws or how good his off speed is. Okay, so uh, um, I guess, are you a big two strike approach guy when it comes to the play or do you kind of keep that approach the same no matter what the count is? No, no, I'm a big two strike, two strike approach guy, you know, refusing to strike out and putting the ball in play to help your team win. It's probably a huge thing that is implied in my game, in my opinion. All right, so uh, digging into the mechanic side here. Again, I know you said, you know, when it comes to in-game, you're really kind of focusing just on the mental strength, kind of in the mental side, kind of staying focused on just, you know, thinking that you are better than the pitcher. Um, but when it does come time for you to focus on the mechanical side, you know, in practice, in the offseason, whatever, take us through, you know, what are some of those mechanics looking like from that load-up to that follow-through? What are those mechanics looking like for you? You know, for me, I'm a I've, – I've – really really big on staying in my legs staying low to the ground you know getting getting in my legs staying back and um what i've worked on in the, this offseason the most is just staying through the baseball and using my power to the right center field gap and, and big parts of the field you know so um yeah that's mostly what i would say about that okay so uh, i got two more questions here for you on the baseball side before we kind of dig into that last segment gonna <laughs> <laughs> gonna go ahead and ask those just back to back you can kind of answer which one first whatever but uh um let's say personal scouting report let's say you're a scout watching your game whether that's watching you hit watching you field watching you base run whatever what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself and then when it comes to looking ahead to development um you you at you as a ball player in the future what are some of those key points of emphasis you're wanting to work on within your game looking ahead here these next couple of years? I mean, if I was um if, if I had to give myself a scouting report, the mostly the biggest thing is just um, you know, um guy that hustles, you know, refuses to strike out, sort of like that, that team player. Um, you know, always looks to get the extra bag, hustles down the line, and um that's kind of what the player that I've I've created an image for like that's my own image and um, you know it makes me proud to, to say that you know um, always you know when getting a hit you know looking for a mistake gets a second you know put yourself in scoring position sort of like that you know that guy that guy that you want on your team and um, also um, a tough out in the plate you know I always um, one thing I take pride on is you know being ready for every pitch and um refusing to get caught off balance or refusing to get beat. And um, as I develop and go into college or maybe the draft, you know, I want to clean up my my infield routes, you know, be cleaner on the field, you know, minimize mistakes. And um, honestly, just um, um, have my power developed to the right to the right side of the field. You know, I already have I've already um, hit some balls out pretty far in my pull side and just um, trying to develop the power to the right, the right side of the field. That's probably the biggest thing that right, I'm looking so, forward to. Develop. All right. So digging into that last segment here for you again, like digging into the personal side too, and things off, um, you know, with that off season kind of looking back at these last couple of months, 
not too many games. Again, game one, I know it's tomorrow night, but beyond that, you're looking at this past off season, looking at when you, when you just have some downtime, what are some of those passions that you have beyond the game of baseball? Honestly, just hang out with my friends, you know, uh, and spend time with my family. Um, really big on, on, on God and have a good, having a good relationship with God. And um, yeah, mostly that stuff. One of my close friends actually, um, his dad is Manny Ramirez. So sometimes in his, in his house, we have some talks about hitting, you know, um, have some talks about what to look for in a certain pitcher and, you know, on the, on the mentality part of, of the game. I like to study like that, that part of the game a lot. Sure. Manny Ramirez is definitely a, definitely a good guy to be picking his brain for sure. Oh uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, but um, you know, you talk a lot about your family, you talk a lot about your faith. I'm sure that kind of plays a big role when it comes to the motivation side for you. But, you know, kind of take us through what are some of those key motivations for you that help you get out of bed every morning, help you continuously evolve as a ball player. Kind of take us through some of those key motivators. You know, the biggest motivator for me is honestly, um, uh, my family originally, I, I lived in Venezuela, the country of Venezuela, for until I was about 12 years old. And um, my family moved here to give me a better opportunity, you know, with baseball and, you know, and that's probably what, what motivates me the most every day, just give them the best of me every day and, you know, um, not let them regret the decision of coming here, you know, and, and for the sole opportunity to me, for me to, you know, shine, shine in the baseball field and get, get to where I want to. Okay. So taking that question a little bit further, let's say you keep trying your best every day. You keep trying to prove to your parents that it was a great decision to come to, to come here. What does that perfect picture of your life look like there in 20 years if everything's going right? You know, um, being stable, you know, hopefully having an MLB career behind me, um, playing in the big leagues, you know, um, that's probably what, what, that's probably the goal for me, you know, and just um, still be a family man and, uh, you know, um, and um, stay, stay close to God and um, stay close to my family. That's probably the biggest thing from what I see. All right, there we go. So I got six more questions here for you before we do end it off. Going to ask them in a rapid fire pace here. So three rounds of two questions. First round here, coolest contact in your phone? I think you may have mentioned them a couple minutes ago, but um, who's that coolest contact in your phone as you're scrolling through those contacts? And then second question, go-to playlist, whether that's working out, whether that's going for a drive, what would be that go-to playlist? Um. You know, coolest contact on my phone, I would probably say is Manny Ramirez. You know, just absolute legend, legend in the world of baseball and the Hispanic world of baseball. You know, I'm super grateful to, you know, have a close relationship with him. And, you know, before games, I like I like to get like the inner rap in me, you know, you know, NBA young boy, you know, those those rappers that really get you hyped before the games. That's probably what my go to before the games. OK. All right. So uh, second set of two questions here for you. Let's say I am taking a trip to South Florida. I'm going, never been there before. I, I have, but let's say I haven't been there before. Mm -hmm. What are some of those recommendations you got for me? Restaurants, things to do, whatever. Take us through some of those recommendations. And then the second question, having dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? Um, Probably coolest place to be, to be here in South Florida, especially Miami, you know, Brickle, you know, the – that city is absolutely beautiful. You know, restaurants there are amazing. And obviously, what we're known for Miami Beach are beaches. Nothing gets better than South, the South Beach, you know. And um, the two people I would pick would probably be, hmm, 
One of them would definitely be Conor McGregor, one of my idols. And the other one would probably be um Oh, that's a hard one. Brian Manny Machado. Brian Manny okay. Machado. Brian Manny Machado. Love favorite player in the league. There we go. But uh down to those last two questions here for you on the Jake Hara podcast. First off, TikTok for you page. Obviously, I know TikTok's algorithm does a pretty good job at you know throwing videos your way you want to see. So what's that for you page looking like? What are those videos that you're seeing? And then uh final question, dream NIL brand. You know, you get to Florida State, you get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What's that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? Uh, dream collab and dream NIL would be Jordan, man. Um, I, I, um, I rock Jordan in my, when I, I, I rock on, rock it on the field. And that would be the, that would be the dream. Just rocking some Jordan ones or Jordan tens on the field. That would be clean. And, um, what was the other question? It was uh, TikTok um, for you page. Oh yeah. Mostly, mostly baseball stuff, mostly on um, music and, um, mostly a lot of, what happens down in South Beach? You know, every, all the concerts, like all the all the Miami Heat events and Miami Marlins events. Mostly, most of that. That's probably what, what I see on my for you page on TikTok. All right, there we go. And I, I do like that. I do. I do like the NIL dream brand. You know, Jumpman. I always love seeing it on the field. I think nah. your boy Manny Machado. You just mentioned. I think he's no, a yeah. big guy. Jazz Chisholm down there in Miami. I know Derek Jeter was. I know there's some other guys mixed in there too, but. uh you know, def- definitely, I always love seeing that Jumpman logo there on the baseball field. But um, again, man, that's the last question here for you on the J-Care podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great having you here this past four, 35, 40 minutes or so. Great getting to meet you. Great getting to see everything you got going on. But, you know, again, man, just appreciate you coming on the show. And best of luck this upcoming spring and, you know, hopefully years to come within your baseball career. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for the words, you know. Thank you. Thank you.